0: Some people run they mouth, some people run they house, ruling with the heart of a tyrant. Some people run they black, bus shots, with the four-four firing, nasty and vomit. Won't
1: leave a race. living like lions, but trapped in a cage. Back to a mile, day with the blood of a king. Good, good morning. Come on, good morning. morning. Hey, Amen, that's what I'm going to try to do. First of all, I just want to welcome everybody that came out. We know that you could have gone anywhere today, and we're just blessed and happy and excited that you're here with us. Amen. Let's welcome them again. We always make a big deal about National Back to Church Day because we love the local church. Amen? And there's people in this this church, probably those that begged and, and paid and bribed and asked gently or forcibly for you to come today we're here because god loves the church amen and so listen whether you're one of those people that grew up in church and you got old and something happened or something happened and you stopped going or maybe you're one of those that stopped going because life got busy anybody just life gets busy right life gets complicated and so you stop going whether, or maybe, maybe you never, never were a church person. Maybe this is all new to you, wherever you're coming from today, we just, whatever the reason, I just want to person, personally welcome you. And I'm going to take the next couple of minutes just to share with you a little bit about the local church. Amen? Amen? Is that all right? I want to kind of tell you about the local church, and I want to clear up some misconceptions. And and to those of us that are part of the church, I want to kind of bring some correction. Is that all right? And then with God's help, I'm going to try to just challenge us. Amen? So, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your body. We thank you, God, for what you've done for us and with us and through us, God. And right now, God, we just ask you to reach us, teach us, and bleach us. Make us white as snow, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen amen well alright I'm starting a brand new series today just for you guys that came amen so it's a brand new series and it's, it's just it's geared just for you and so my hope is this listen to me my hope is this is that you would come and at least listen to this series hear me out I know you thought this was a one-shot deal they maybe, they bribed you with lunch, they bribed you, and you thought it was a one-shot deal. Hear me out. I'm going to ask that you would at least finish this series that I started for you. Finish it with me. And, and, and listen, even if church is not your thing, even if, even if you just came today to make somebody else happy, even if, even if you really don't know what to believe, even if you don't believe, I hope that you would allow yourself to experience church by coming out. For with us and just just for this series amen would, would anybody kind of say yeah I'll do that would, would you be bold enough to say I'll do that this was one of you two of you amen I, I'm just asking you to come out for this series amen and then after that you can go back to doing whatever you did on a Sunday morning but, but, but just give this series some time to experience God alright All right, that's all I'm asking. So, so I've titled this 49-week series. um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. 40-week series? No, I'm joking. Maybe four weeks. Maybe a four-week series. Give me four weeks. Give God four weeks to work in your life. Give God four. That's not a lot to ask for. Give God four weeks. To, to deal with you. Give God four weeks to experience him. I know a lot of us, we have this misconception. We think God is like Aladdin and we rub a lamp and, and bam, it happens. But, and, and, then, and then we get mad because when we rub the lamp and something doesn't happen. Oh, there's no God. And that's all. I'm asking you to give God four rubs. Give God four weeks. Amen? So the title of this series is simply Simplify. Simplify. Right? Because don't we make things too complicated sometimes? Anybody? Come on, all of us ADD people and all of us. We make things too complicated, right? And sometimes we just need to simplify some things. I got that title from a a Bill Hybels book. I borrowed it, but it's mine now. (laughs) Simplify. So here's the opening quote. The ability to simplify to eliminate the unnecessary so that the necessary can speak ah come on are you listening you didn't hear that that was good it's time to the ability to simplify means to eliminate the unnecessary so that the necessary can speak we have too many unnecessaries in our lives right we have too many. Listen, right now, some of you are stressed out because you got to check your Facebook, your Twitter, and your Instagram. And, and, and you might have looked down at your phone and there's a, f- a red number four or there's a red six by your Facebook and you're like, oh my God, I got six comments. I got six things I need to check on. And this man started talking. Well, what am I going to do? I know I'll pretend when he says check the Bible, I'll pretend that my Bible's on my phone and I check my Instagram. All right, there's hope. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's a, let's simplify. Amen. Let's just simplify. Listen, the truth is we all come to church. We all come to God. We all come to relationships with all kinds of baggage. Can we say amen? Amen. All right. In this church, when you hear something that's true, you can say amen. All right? Nobody's going to go shh. In this church, we scream, we yell, we get excited, and we let it show, and that's okay. All right? There's no rules of behavior here. You can drink coffee sitting in the sanctuary. You can munch on a sandwich sitting in the sanctuary. You don't have to wear a shirt and tie. You don't have to dress up. These are my church clothes. Amen? All right. All right, so the truth is we all come with some baggage. So we we look at things based on our past experiences, right? So it's fair to say that sometimes we see all things the way we've seen some things. You follow? If we've had some bad relationships, it's easy to see all relationships as bad at the start. If we've had some good relationships, if all we've had is good relationships, then it's easy to see all relationships as good. Until you come across that one right? that one knucklehead in your life, and then you realize, well, not all relationships are good. Not all relationships are bad, right? But we, we, we look at things. It's hard to move on sometimes, or it's hard to try again once you've had a bad experience. Let me give you an example. When I was five years old, yeah, I'm going way back, kindergarten, I was in P.S. whatever on 83rd Street between Amsterdam and Columbus, that's where I grew up. And I was, in I was in kindergarten, and one day this teacher decided this, let me not name, call names, but you, this teacher decided she was going to make my life a hell for this lunch period. I'm five years old, I'm in kindergarten. She decides that she's going to force me to eat my spinach. This, listen, I'm 46 years old, and I remember this like it happened last week. I'm telling. I don't remember a lot of things. I remember this like it happened last week. She, it's, it's public school, right? So the the spinach is that clump, right? Sloppy, wet, slimy. She says, "Eat that." I said, "No, I'm not gonna eat that." Oh no, I'm not. She said, "Oh yes, you are." I said, "I don't eat spinach. I don't like spinach." Like every kid says, right? I've never tried spinach, but I had no intention. It looked nasty. She said, eat that spinach. I said, no, I'm not going to eat that spinach. She said, open your mouth. I said, no, no. But, 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 Long story short, she put it in my mouth, and I started eating it. I gagged, and I spit it back up. This teacher now insisted that I eat it again. That's child abuse, right? I I know. Get a lawyer up in here. She's probably dead by now, but it's sue her mother. Oh, uh, whatever, anyway. She made me eat. So, listen, I'm telling you, I remember, So, to this day, me and spinach have, have issues. I didn't ever want to open my mouth again to eat anything. It was a bad experience. I had a bad experience with spinach. Now, listen, I know that, you know, um, the, the spinach experience is, is silly compared to the traumatic experiences that a lot of us have had. But some of us have had a spinach experience with church. Uh Uh-oh. Come on. Some of us have had a spinach experience. I'm just having fun now. Some of us have had a spinach experience with God. We've been forced to try church or to try God on somebody else's uh, level. And we've had a, we, we've been, maybe a situation forced us to try God. Mom got sick. Mom, dad got cancer, something. And we were forced to try God under a different situation. And we said, we tried God and it was a bad experience, right? There's, there's been some bad experiences. And as a result, maybe we never came back to church. As a result, maybe we set up our walls and we blocked everything about church. We blocked everything about God. Anybody been there? Some of us are still damaged from our spinach experience. And we come to church, we're church people, but those experiences keep us from really experiencing God. Can anybody be honest this morning? And listen, the purpose of church, the word church means a called out gathering. I love that. The purpose of church is for people to experience God through other people. The purpose of church is, is for encouragement, it's for training, it's to be built up, it's to sow and reap, it's to rejoice and, and be sad, it's to, to mourn and, and strengthen, it's to be part of a body. That's the purpose of church so that we can experience God. The church is supposed to show the world how to live in a multi-ethnic, multicultural society. We're supposed to show the world how to do that. Look around, there's not two people the same color up in here and I love that. You go to some places, they're getting it all wrong. Everybody's the same shade. Uh Uh-oh. That's not church. The church is supposed to show the world, right, how to handle difficulties. We're supposed to be light in the darkness. We're supposed to be different. Amen? Jesus said in John 13, 35, he said, They'll know you're my disciples by your love for one another. Whoa, we got some work to do. Here's the problem. From the beginning of church history, people have made church too complicated. From the beginning, it's not just us. From the beginning, people have made church and have made God and a relationship with God and, and, and being God's people and being a Christian. They've made it too difficult. they made it more complicated than it was meant to be. We need to simplify. Somebody say amen. All right go back to the beginning in the book of acts we see when these these gatherings started happening in the book of acts right jesus gave the 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 message to go out and the disciples started going out and and people would gather and and they would preach and people would get saved and people would would have a relationship with god and they'd be baptized in the holy spirit and and incredible things were happening but one thing that happened was these were all jewish people at first but puerto ricans and dominicans started showing up to the gatherings no, I'm serious. <laughs> Not what I'm saying is non-Jewish people, all right? But, so non-Jewish people started showing up to the gatherings. They were like, ah, this and, and that, right? And, and so, and they were getting saved too, and God was blessing them too. And so they, they, they were, so the Jewish the elect, the Pharisees, the religious elect said, hold up, hold up, hold up. No, no, we're God's people. Right? The origin of God, the, the timeline, the lineage is from, it's the Jewish people. It's, the, it's, the, it's God's nation, Israel. And so if these people, if these Puerto Ricans want to be Christians, they're going to have to first be Jewish. And so what does that look like? That's what they're, they're saying, that if these, if these Cubans want to be Christians, they're going to have to first be Jewish. That means they're going to have to, number one, learn all the 450 laws that we have and follow them and number two they're gonna to have to be circumcised <laughs> understand back then circumcision was only something the Jewish people did so all these other people were uncircumcised so so now the, the religious leaders are saying no if, if they're gonna do that then then see men always want to control something right then we always gotta like how to control something so what would, that, what would that look like? That means for you and me, we'd have to study and learn over 450 laws besides the Ten Commandments. Laws that the Jewish people couldn't even follow. And they grew up in it. And we'd have to learn them and then we'd have to be circumcised. Can you imagine those articles? <laughs> Anybody want to follow Jesus today? All right, you want to be a Christian? Amen. Come down to the front. Pick up your study books grab your books and drop your pants that's commitment right there right So now the disciples said, no, no, that's not right. God doesn't want it to be this complicated. God, God never said they had to do this. God, That doesn't matter to God. God is responding to them the same way God's responding to us. He's filling them with the Holy Spirit. He's loving on them. You, you're, 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 put, you're being legalistic. You're, you're putting rules on people that you can't even follow. And so they had a big meeting at the, at the Jerusalem Council. And the disciples argued with the religious leaders. Because of that, a lot of them were jailed and beaten and and, and left for dead. But at this one council, Paul spoke up and and Peter spoke up. And then James ends, ends the conversation with this, Acts 15, 19. He says, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are coming to God. So family, from the very beginning of the local church, people have been making it difficult and complicated for people to come to God. Why do we still complicate that? Whoo! Let me simplify. It goes back to our past experiences. How many of you grew up thinking and being taught that God is angry with you for all the bad things that you do? Come on, if you went to Catholic school like I did... God is angry at you for all the bad things that you do. God is out to punish you. He's out to catch you doing wrong so he can condemn you. How many of you have had that conversation or you've been taught, man, if you sin and you cross the street and you get hit by a truck, right after you sin without saying, I'm sorry, you're going to hell express. Right? Anybody grew up with that kind of thinking? Right? We've learned that in church. We've been, we've been taught that, that God is looking to condemn. So on one side, we have this picture of the Father who loves us so much that he sent his Son to die on a cross so that we can be forgiven. This God who loved us before we loved him, who pays the price for our sin, who takes the penalty for us just to have relationship with us. And then on the other hand, we have this picture of this Father And this is the picture we often share. It's the Father who loved us in all our imperfections. He gave his life for us, and now he's trying to catch us right and dirty so that he can condemn us and send us to hell. Isn't that a messed up picture? What kind of sick picture is that? A God that loves you so much, he does everything for you, and now he wants to catch you doing so so he can send you to hell. But that's the picture, unfortunately, that we give people. That's the picture that that the church has portrayed, and that's not the heart of God. Unfortunately, that's the picture too many of us have seen. Somebody here needs to hear that today before you're gone. God is not mad at you. Can I just take years of guilt off of you? God's not mad at you. We'll deal with that in a minute, but God's not mad at you. Because of that, people have all these excuses for not coming to church. And you, you, I hear them all the time, I'm sure, during this week you were trying to get the people that are sitting next to you to church, you heard all these excuses too. Some people said, well, I just got to get things worked out in my life first. Anybody heard that one? I got to straighten things out. There's some things I got to stop doing. There's some things I got to start doing. I got to get things in order. I know I, know I got to get my butt to church, but and you, you'll see me there, I promise. But I got to work out some things first. I, I, I read a quote. On on Facebook this week, it says, we clean our house before we invite people to come in. God says, invite me in, and I'll help you clean. Oh, what a different picture. What a different picture, amen? One of my favorite um, excuses I hear from people, I don't go to church because church is full of hypocrites. Oh... And some of you said back, so what? You'll be right at home then. Right? No, that's not nice. (laughs) But I think about that and I say, but listen, your job is full of hypocrites and you still go there. Your school is full of hypocrites and you still went there. Your family's full of hypocrites and you still visit them on special occasions. Why should church be any different? See, the reason some people feel this way is because, again, we're looking at it through our old lenses. We're looking at it through our bad experiences and our bad teachings. The reason we feel this way is because we have this false idea that we, to, 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 we have to be perfect to be in church. Does anybody feel that way, right? To be in church, we got to have our life together. To be in church, we got to know that we're doing everything right. We're, we're trying. We got to have some. That's why we got the fancy church clothes. Right in some places, boy, it look like a fashion show. You go to church and you see the people lined up outside. I look at those people. And I say, man, those are like the most beautiful people I ever seen in my life. I live in Mount Vernon, so there's a lot of, you know, Seventh Day Adventist church and high church, and and those people get. I mean, it's beautiful, right? It's the hats and the suits and the creases and woo! It's a fashion show. Because we feel like we have to be totally cleaned up. But if we're going to be in church, we have to have everything figured out before we become part of that church. Some people think if someone's in church, they're no longer allowed to mess up. Right? Amen. I got three people over here feeling that. Some people think that they're immune from sin. They think that once I go to church, oh, I only drink holy water. I only eat Christian bread. I only chew Jesus' bubble gum. The only dessert I have is angel food cake. I daydream in other tongues, Santo, Santo, ba da ba, ba. They never get angry. I never mess up. I never fall. I never do anything wrong. I don't even think about doing anything wrong because I'm so sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me simplify that for you. Because we think like that, we make everyone in church a hypocrite. Because the Word says all of us have sinned nobody. We all fall short. That means this guy, he falls short. This guy, he falls short. This team up here, they fall short. The the people in the back, the people here, they fall short. The leaders, they fall short. We all fall short. It's like, it's like telling doctors and nurses they can't get sick because they're in a hospital every day. Ooh, that's a good one, right? I made that one up. That's mine. So if you quote it, put my name on that one. All right. Now church, that thinking will keep people from reaching church and it'll keep the church from reaching people. And it's sad because then with that mindset, you can see somebody from church doing something that maybe you wouldn't do and you judge them. And you don't even know their story. You don't even know. You can see somebody, maybe, maybe something bothers you to you, for you, something's a sin. And you say, man, you know, I see that person smoking cigarettes. So I thought they were a Christian. I see, and, But you don't know that maybe God is working on them. Maybe they just broke a 20-year alcohol addiction. Maybe they just broke a drug addiction. And now they're smoking cigarettes and you're judging. Instead of judging them, encourage them. Instead of pointing at somebody, stand with somebody. That's the church. That's, that's what being a church is all about. Hebrews 10:25 says, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Hebrews 3:13, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Do you understand that we could all fall? I mean, we see it in the news every day, right? They look, they're loving to whenever a big-name leader, a Christian community falls. That makes top news. But they don't highlight the 46,000 others that are standing strong, that are being faithful, that haven't. Amen? 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Encourage one another and build each other up. If I knew that coming to church today, there are people here waiting to encourage me, What a difference that would make. Amen? Come on, to the visitors. If you knew that if if you were coming, every time you came in here, there were people here waiting to encourage you. Wouldn't that be awesome? Amen? I I would. Even if I wasn't part, I'd come. Just to hear somebody tell me something good. Hey, brother, you look good, man. God's with you. I'm here with you. I'm standing. Wow. Amen. That's what's up. Amen. But, and that's what's supposed to happen and instead we can't have little church circles looking at people you see what that chick wore to church today you don't know her story man maybe that's the best church clothes she could come up with today stop judging and encourage amen we're doing some housekeeping today is that all right because listen in, instead of being that way the church gets a bad rap because people see us as very judgmental and you know why? Because some of us are. <laughs> it's not a lie. Some people in church are very judgmental. Some of us come to church, and if somebody's sitting in our chair, <laughs> what is? What these people think they all oh, just come to church the first time they go sit in my chair? <laughs> they don't know I sit there. Say, yeah, but you come at eleven thirty. The church starts at eleven. Uh-oh. Don't get me started. But see, we, we, we're very judgmental sometimes. And, and church, we need to simplify things. If we simplify the way we see ourselves, we'll simplify the way we see other people. All right? Because listen, that is not at all how Jesus looked at people. I'm going to give you one example. And each week, I'm going to share one story to illustrate the kind of people that Jesus went after. The way Jesus saw people. And, and what he did to draw people in. Here's, here's, here's the story for this week. John 4. If you look in John 4, I don't have time to read all the story. I want to be quick with it. But I encourage my regular church people, check when you get home that I told the story from that book. Check that that book exists and, and check that the story's there. Because some people get up on a pulpit and they make stuff up. So you should always verify. And if it's not there, don't come back to this building. That guy's crazy. Go to another place. Find God someplace else. Amen? All right, so John 4. John 4, it tells us a story about how one day Jesus was on a trip to Galilee, and he he stops in Samaria. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It was the hottest time of the day, and Jesus stopped to rest at a well. And, And so we say, man, Jesus was tired, and he was thirsty. So he stops to rest at a well. And then out of nowhere, this in the middle of the day when when nobody did this because it was too hot out. All the women that usually come, they would come in in the morning before the sun comes out or in the evening after the sun has settled. And nobody comes in the middle of the day because it's too hot. We're talking out in the desert type stuff, right? So nobody would come and do this to, to, to fill up a bucket of water in a well and then walk this all the way. But this woman, because maybe... She's an outcast. This woman couldn't come in the morning because people would talk about her. They couldn't come in the evening when all the women were there talking and yapping. That becomes gossip central, right? She couldn't come at those times because she was an outcast. She comes at the hottest part of the day. Jesus is sitting at the well, and she comes to draw water, and Jesus says, can I get a drink? And for you and me, we say, well, big deal. He was thirsty. He was tired. It was high. He wanted a drink. But what we have to understand that in that culture, there were rules of behavior. And so Jesus broke all the rules to be able to talk to this woman. First rule, the Jews don't talk to Samaritans. As a matter of fact, if they were being good Jews, they would walk all the way around Samaria to get to where they were going. real Jews wouldn't walk through Samaria because they didn't want to talk about judgmental, because they didn't want to stand on the same ground as Samaritans do. That's the, that's the hatred that was between these two people groups. The, the, the arrogance that said, those people are no good. They, God doesn't love them. They're no good people. And so a Jew would go around. They didn't actually add an extra day or two to go around walking. Because they didn't have 4 by 4s back then. So, but Jesus walked right through. He took his people right through Samaria. Right in their land. Stops at their well. And he asked this woman, would you give me a drink? In that culture, men don't even address women if their husbands are not present. So he broke every rule to reach this woman. I want you to see that. Now she was shocked. She says, are you bugging? I'm a Samaritan woman. How come you, a Jew, would ask me for a drink? Because another thing, if he had taken a drink from her cup, he would be ceremonially unclean. He would be defiled because he used the sinner's cup. So, I mean, he just went all all, all around all the rules. He broke everything. She was shocked. So right then, Jesus takes it from the physical to the spiritual, and he says, if you knew who I was, you'd ask me for living water, and I would give you living water. So she's still taking in the physical. She says, so give me this water so I don't have to come back here anymore. Because remember, she's coming in the worst part of the day because she's an outcast. They'll talk about her in the morning. They might stone her because she's immoral. We'll find out in a minute why. So she says, give me this water so I won't have to come here again. She's still thinking of the physical. Jesus wants her to take it to the spiritual. So he has to force her to deal with her issues. Sometimes we get mad in church because God forces us to deal with our issues. We want to come in with our pretty clothes and act like we got it all together. And sometimes the word divides through that and cuts through that. And we we end up, God wants to deal with our issues so that he can give us everlasting living water amen so he forces her to deal with her issue with the statement he says okay I'll give you that living water go get your husband and come back she says I got no husband he says I know you don't have a husband you're right in saying that you've had five and the man that you're with right now is not even your baby daddy she changes the subject She like oh snap This guy knows everything about me. She changes the subject. She starts talking about worship and and, and starts taking it back. And then she finally tries to dismiss it all. She says, well, I know that one day the Messiah, the Christ, is going to come. And he'll answer all our questions. And then Jesus reveals himself. He goes, that who you speak of is me. Can you imagine? He says, it is I. I'm the Messiah. She gets so blown away at that point. The disciples come and she goes away. She forgets the water jar. She forgets the water jar. She just runs back to her community, to her town. And she runs to the people that have, you know, put her out, that have talked about her, that have had all the bochincha in the whole city about her, rightfully so, because she's had five husbands and this is the man she's living with now is not even her husband. She goes to all of them and she goes, come, come, meet the man that told me everything about me. Meet the man that fully knew me. Could he be the Messiah? Come meet this man. He could be the Christ. And the word says that the town came. And the town came and they they made Jesus stay two more days. And Jesus stays two more days in Samaria. The place where the Jews don't like them. He stays in there with those God, you know, forgotten people, and he stays and ministers, and it says that day, a lot of Samaritans from that town came to know the Lord because of that woman's testimony. I love this story because Jesus had every right to judge her, and he didn't. What would we have done with that woman? Jesus had every right. He knew she was an outcast, and instead he gives her grace. Family, we complicate grace when we judge people. Please hear this. This is not for the visitors. You guys can just sit there and go, ah. you can point at the people next to you that brought you. He's giving you by power right now. We we let me let me simplify because we complicate grace when we judge people. Look what the word says about judging people. Because I want to get this done. It's being brought right now.
0: <laughs>
1: Matthew. Matthew 7:1. In Matthew 7, 1, it says, do not judge or you too will be judged. Wait, wait for it. This is, this will change your life if you get this verse. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the same measure you use, it will be measured unto you. This is amazing. Listen, listen, listen. Listen what God is saying. Think about that. God is allowing you us to select the measure that he would judge us with do you get that so that means when it comes to judgment god says if you're gracious i'll be gracious if you're harsh i'll be harsh if you're strict i'll be strict if you're full of grace i'll be full of grace he's saying you choose the measure that you want to be judged with that's amazing so listen, when we're around judging everybody, this person, this, this person, that, this person, this person thinks they are all that, this person. You're, you're selecting this judgment and God's saying that's the measure. I'm going I'm to have this much grace with you because this is the amount of grace that you have with people. Now on the opposite, if you have grace with people, if, if people have to come to you three and four times and ask for forgiveness and you forgive them and you love them like you loved them before. Oh man, come on. And if you show grace to people, and you can get tired because people exhaust you, and people will burn you out sometimes, and people will just run you down and, and constantly hurt you and hurt you. But listen, you, if you'll show grace, God says, by that measure, I'll judge you. So when you have the long tape measure, I don't know about you, but I want a tape measure from here to Mount Vernon. I want God to say, this is the measure I'm judging you by because this is all the grace that you show to people. And so that's the kind of grace that I'll receive. God says, you choose the measurement. Isn't that amazing? Come on, some of you should have come just for that today. That's worth the price of admission today. You choose the measure. It's that simple. We make it so complicated when it's really so simple. Let me simplify one more thing. The Bible is not a book of rules. It's a book about relationships. Come on, breathe a sigh of relief for a minute. See, when you see the Bible as a book of rules, it gets so complicated. What should I do? What can I do? What do I get away with? What can I do and still be with God? What can I do and still be a Christian? How much of this can I do? What can I do? Well if I do this, can I do this enough? I know I should pray. How much should I pray? I should be reading the Bible. How much should I read the Bible? If I only read a chapter, is God going to be upset with me? If I read two chapters, am I supposed to read the Bible in a year? Am I supposed to read through this whole thing? Am I supposed to pray? Wait somebody said fasting. Am I supposed to fast? How much am I supposed to fast? What am I supposed to fast? Am I, if I fast enough, will God be happy? If I pray enough, will God be happy how much is enough and if the bible is a book of rules we we make everything so complicated let me simplify for you today the bible is a book of our relationships it's simple god created us god loves us god wants us to be in good relationship with him and like a good father god wants his children to get along (laughs) god wants his children to to to, to to love each other, God. Want, and any dad in here, you want your kids to love each other, right? You want your kids to get along. And nothing, nothing. Listen, I don't know about you, but nothing makes makes nothing touches the father's heart like when I, if I see my two daughters playing around. They're here. They're they're in the worship team, and they shouldn't be playing around. But <laughs> sorry, but. You know, one's on the keyboard, the other one's on the bass. And when I see them playing around, when I see them loving each other, when I see them, you know, punching each other and joking, it, it touches my heart. And that's this, And, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a wicked man. But the heart of God, when he sees his children getting alone, when he sees them loving each other and playing around and, and, and getting alone, that touches the heart of God. Amen? That's not rules, that's relationships. The Jewish people took 10 commandments and they made over 450 rules. God gave us the law to show us that we can't earn salvation. We can't pay our own way. He gave us the law so we could understand grace. Jesus summed it up in the entire law system in Matthew. He says, he says this in Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven: 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And this is the second, just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So God says, just love God and love people. You see how simple that is? That's the whole Bible. Love God and love people. People want to argue about the kind of wood that the cross was made out of. People want to argue, was he hung on a tree? Was he hung on a cross? Was he pierced here? Was he pierced here? Because science said, I don't care. The Bible says, love God and love people. We don't have to argue about everything else. Amen? Amen. It's a different picture of the church. Isn't this, isn't this a totally different picture of the church than what's portrayed by people? Than what's portrayed on TV, than what's portrayed, than maybe you might remember. Isn't this a totally different picture of the church? Can I welcome you to the church this morning? Amen. Amen. Don't you want to be a part of something like that? I want to leave you today with this presentation. Dance ministry, you guys can come up and start getting ready. I'm going to leave you today with this presentation, and and, and that's it. I want to just have this. The dance ministry has put this together for you, and and as they come, I want you to listen to the words of this song. And I pray that you would make it your prayer today, and I pray that you would be blessed. Thank you for coming out today. Thank you for being a part. I look forward to meeting you. I look forward to sharing together and growing together as we go through this 49-week series together. Amen. Praise God. We'll send you emails and we'll remind you when we're up to 48 so that by 49 you can say, okay, I'm done. I don't have to go back to church anymore. But we love you. We welcome you. I want you to just receive this today. Do I need to take that down? Yes. Yes.
0: Can we have the dance ministry back up here, really quick? Dance ministry. Can I have you guys just come back up here with me? Wow. Can you just play that song again? Actually, you know what? Let these guys. Uh, thank you. Praise God. Come on. Let's just come. 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 Join me. Come. 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 Wow, that was a little emotional for me because that, uh, that was my little girl at the end. <laughs> and that's, that's a picture of the church, people. You know, we should be helping each other reach God. Not presenting bo- uh, a wall or barriers. But standing with each other. carrying, Making a way to God. Making the way, simplifying the way. Right? And that was an amazing picture. I just want to say, thank you.
2: <laughs>
0: yes, yes, yes. Let's where are we? is she? Where is she? Come, come join us. I'm joining us. You know, we don't normally do this, but you got to give honor when honor is due, right? And she puts these dances together, man. I mean, yeah. this was specifically for you guys. It was not like we do this every Sunday, (laughs) you know, or we repeat these dances every month. This was done specifically for you that are here today to get a better picture of what the church is. That's our desire from the beginning when you walk through those doors, you know. And like, like Pastor said, we're not perfect. And sometimes we might miss you. Sometimes we may forget to say hello. But our desire is that when you walk through those doors, that you, and, and by the time you leave, we presented you an amazing portrait of God's love and his grace. And that you, you felt included. Because this is all inclusive, man. This is not a private club there's no membership fee all you got to do is surrender to God and you're in man you know that's it and I'm not talking about in this church you know that you're in I'm saying you're part of the body you know so whether you choose to come here or find another place you know that's what I'm talking about you're in his family so I don't think I don't think we need to do anything else but really end because you guys did it all. You know, God spoke, he did what he needed to do, and I just want to release you guys with this stuck in your mind, with that picture that you would leave with that picture in your head. So if we just, if we can all just stand together just want to dismiss you this morning with just a prayer father we thank you Lord father I believe that you spoke and you spoke loudly oh God and I believe that there are some people Lord that have been moved by your spirit Lord and they're in a place father right now they stand and they're calling out to you and they're ready to surrender So I wanna give those people here that are ready to surrender over to you an opportunity to do that. Father, you know our hearts, Father, but there's just some things, Father, that that we need to do in public. So don't move out of your seats. I don't want you to do that. And I'm not gonna embarrass you by saying, come up to the front if you're here for the first time. But what, if what you heard today really minister to your heart, it spoke to your spirit, and you've, and you've been going through some stuff, and you just want this freedom, you want this simplified version of what it is to love God, and what it is to know him and serve him, if this minister to your heart, just lift your hands, just everybody close their eyes right now. And if you're one of those, just lift your hands today. It's just you and God right now. And you make your peace with God. There's no fancy prayer we make. Sometimes we make altar calls so crazy. But it's simple. Let me simplify it for you. (laughs) All you gotta do is say, God, I am yours and you are mine. That's it. And God hears the rest because it ain't like you caught him by surprise when you walked in here. (laughs) Nothing catches him by surprise, but this this was just your time. So I want to say welcome to this family. Welcome to the family of God. Come on. it probably didn't come at a better time because I want to simplify something else tonight we're having a baptism service and I'm not saying that you gotta be baptized to be in the family of God but if you feel like you know what I want to just take it all the way Don't worry, you know, (laughs) you can come tonight and be baptized, man. You don't need a a, a six months worth of class. You can come here tonight. We'll explain baptism to you in maybe uh, 10 minutes or less. And you can go beneath the waters, come up and oh, (laughs) it's a good day, right? (laughs) so if you're here tonight man and you're looking to just really really commit to god and you want to be baptized tonight we will be here what time six o'clock and it would be just amazing for us to share that that time with you tonight here But Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for those that are here, those that came out, the visitors, oh God. Lord, I thank you, Father, in your sovereignty that you bring us together, Lord, under this roof, Lord, to just display your grace and display your love. Father, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you love us enough, Father, to to continue to work in our lives, oh God. And, And even though we're not perfect, Father, because you don't call us to perfection, oh God, because only you are perfect, Father. But you call us to continue to surrender to you, oh God, so that you can complete the work that you have started, oh God. So, Father, we believe in the promises, Father, that you've spoken through your word. And we know, Father, that you are not a God. I mean, that you are not a man, that you will lie, Father. But Lord, you are faithful to your word, oh God. Faithful to your word. So what you heard today, God is faithful in that. And if you made a commitment to him, then he is more than enough committed to you right now. And I believe he's been committed this whole time. That's why he's made a way for you to hear this message today. So brothers and sisters here, you are blessed. I pray that you would leave understanding that you are his and he is yours. And as you are blessed, continue to be a blessing to all the other people in your life, in your family, and your job. Let them know that God is good, man, <laughs> all the time. And that you, Sunday you went to church and you heard the most simplest message you could ever hear. And what it said was God loves you. And he's with you and he's for you. So you guys go ahead. Have a wonderful week. You are blessed.